Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the Culips series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. Hey, Andrew, and hey, listeners. Hope you're all doing well. It's great to be here today, and I'm excited for this episode because we're going to be talking about company, specifically having company over to your house, having guests over. And this is a fun topic for Andrew and I because I had my family come visit me recently, and Andrew is having a guest over this weekend. Yeah, exactly. So, I think we both will have things to talk about, Cassie, you with your experience and me anticipating my experience. Just before we get further into this episode, maybe we should talk about this word company because I have a feeling like if I were talking with my wife, who is also an English language learner, and I use this word company, she would immediately think about her office. She would think of that kind of business context for the word company. What do we mean in this context, though? Because we're not talking about work or the office or business or anything like that. What does company mean in this kind of situation? To have company means to not be alone, to have like a companion, a friend. So to have company over is to have people that are not usually living in your house come visit. Yeah, it just means to have guests over to visit your house. Exactly. So that is what we're going to be talking about today, everyone. That is the topic of our show. Company is coming. And wasn't that the name of a famous TV show, Cassie? Company's coming? No, it's not a TV show. It's a cookbook series that we had in Canada. <laughs> mm, I would totally know about that. All of my Canadian cookbook references up here. Well, maybe you had it in the States. I don't know. But it's like my mom used it, I think. So it's kind of an older reference. But, you know, traditionally, and I think this has changed a lot, is that when you would have company over to your house, you would have to cook something nice for them. When I have company over to my house now, we usually just like order pizza because I'm too lazy to cook for everybody. But back in the day, you would prepare dinner, you would cook something delicious and maybe bake a cake. And I'm sure some people still do that. But I think that was the focus of this company's coming cookbook series was like introducing you to recipes that you could cook to serve to your guests. So, Yeah, that reminds me of a fun fact, Andrew. I read a book once about American settlers in the 1500s. So this is during the colonies when they're just starting out way before the American Revolution. And they were going to throw a party and invite their reverend, like their church leader, to their house for company. And they wanted to make him a special dessert. So they had to save their sugar for a whole week. They didn't eat any sugar in any of their foods so that they could save up enough of it to make this special pie for their reverend, their company coming over. I thought that was insane. Yeah, it's not like there were any supermarkets back in the day that you could just go to and pick up what you need for your baking, right? Exactly. Yeah. So everyone, we'll get further into our conversation here in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to tell you all that we have a study guide and an interactive transcript that is available for this episode. And in fact, we make these for all of our episodes. We provide these resources 
which are created by our team of expert English teachers to help you improve your English and to help make your English learning journey just a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more fun. So these are available for all Culips members. And if you are a Culips member, if you sign up and join, then you'll also get some fantastic bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, full access to our special member-only series, which is called the Fluency Files, and much, much more. So you can sign up and join today and get access to our study guide library right away. All you have to do is visit our website, culips.com, and yeah, you can sign up. We'd also like to give a shout out to one of our listeners tuning in from Iran named Tina. And Cassie, would you do the honors for us and read this wonderful review that was left for us? I'd love to. The review says, It's been three years since I've heard your voice with me every day while I'm going to work in the morning and getting back home at night. I feel your passion towards making every single podcast of Culips. Earlier when I listened to them, it was a little hard for me to understand every word. But can you believe that now I think maybe Andrew speaks kind of slowly? Understanding everything that you say is like a piece of cake for me. Thanks for helping me make a big jump in my listening skills. I had a chance to travel to Seoul in June and I really wanted to run into you somewhere. I saw someone like you near Han River in Seoul Forest Park, but that man wasn't you, unfortunately. <laughs> I appreciate your hard work and energy. With great love, Tina from Iran. Wow, thank you, Tina. A wonderful review there. And I think that's funny. Cassie, I think a lot of feedback that we get is that I speak too slowly and people think, that I'm slowing down on purpose for English listeners, but it's not that. I'm just, in general, a slow speaker, I think. So, guys, this is pretty much my normal speaking speed, actually. But, yeah, it's awesome that, Tina, now you can understand everything. That's amazing. That's like you put in the hard work, you put in the time, and you have the results. So I'm very proud of you, and it's too bad that we didn't run into each other in the Seoul Soup, the Seoul Forest Park, because I actually go running by there quite often, but I guess it wasn't me that day. So maybe next time, maybe next time. But thank you so much for that great review and the five-star rating as well, Tina. We really appreciate your support. And of course, we appreciate everybody who's leaving us these fantastic reviews and ratings out there. It really does help us spread the word to other people around the world who are learning English. So keep them coming. And yeah, we really do love it. Okay, Cassie, it's time to jump back into our conversation, which is all about having company over. So let's start with talking about your experience because you just had some family visiting you over there in Thailand. I believe it was your Swedish family. Is that right? Mm, that's right. Yeah, they came all the way over from Sweden to Thailand for three weeks. How long of a flight is that? Seems like a long one. They had to do a layover in Munich. So I think it was a short hop over to Munich and then maybe a 10 or 11 hour flight to Bangkok. Hmm. All right. So did they stay with you at your home? They didn't stay in my house because we would never fit. There's my aunt, uncle and four cousins, but they did come over. Okay. So they came over and what did they think of your place? Were they kind of shocked with how different it is? I'm sure like a Thai apartment is really different than a Swedish home. Yeah, they thought it was nice. They thought it was interesting that I live in 
an apartment on the ninth floor and I have a swimming pool right above my apartment. They like that. I actually have a funny story about them coming over. So usually if guests come over, I like to do two things. One, I like to prepare snacks that they can snack on when they're there. And two, I don't usually light candles or anything, but I would like my house to smell fresher. I don't have any candles here because I don't usually burn them. So I decided to make like a stovetop natural candle. I don't even remember what the name is called, but it's like when you boil water that's infused with fruits and spices. So you could put like some orange peels in there and some cinnamon and ginger or something, and it will make the house smell orange cinnamony. So I tried to do that and it worked at first, but I totally forgot about it. And I went to do something else for like an hour and I didn't add more water. And the whole thing just like burnt to a black crisp on the bottom of the pan. And the entire house smelled like smoke. And oh, it was awful, Andrew. (laughs) That's hilarious. You got exactly the opposite effect that you originally wanted. That's too bad. Exactly. So I had to open all the windows and all the doors and I had to throw away the pan. There was no saving it. Oh, it was so funny. But yeah, what not to do when company comes over. That's the number one right there. (laughs) Uh, I can sympathize with, you know, wanting your house to smell fresh and be an inviting place that people want to spend time in. But yeah, a burnt smell, smoky smell is not the effect that you want to go for, I'm sure. You're lucky you didn't burn the place down. Oh my gosh. I know, right? I was so dumb. But the snacks went over well. And my family said they couldn't really smell the burnt smell that much. So that was good. Maybe they were just being polite, though. (laughs) So what kind of snacks do you serve? How do you decide what kind of snack that you are going to serve to your guests? Do you have a go-to or do you try and find like something Thai to like introduce them to something local? What do you serve? Yeah, that's a good question. It depends on the guests. Like if it was friends, I'd just bring like a bunch of chips and stuff. For my family, I knew they had a 10-hour flight and they were going to be eating Thai food for three weeks. So I did not prepare anything Thai, but I prepared like homemade hummus and fruits and vegetables because they'd been eating airport food for the last 12 to 15 hours. Yeah, nice. Good. Good choice. I would like to be a guest at your house and eat that as well. Sounds delicious. (laughs) But I was thinking it is interesting the way that we have to serve different things to different guests. Like if I have my Western friends over, you know, I have friends from different English speaking countries here in Korea. And if they come over, then usually I'll serve them like, yeah, chips or crackers and cheese or something like that. But if my Korean friends come over or my wife's family comes over, then it's totally different than it's like tea and fruit. And yeah, the fruit is like the big one to serve. So it's interesting that different kinds of snacks that you serve depending on the guests that you're going to have. Mm, Yeah, that's right. I don't know about you, Andrew, but I love preparing foods for people. This trip was a little rushed, but usually if I have a bigger kitchen, like when I lived back in Korea, I would bake a whole bunch of things, like maybe homemade bread and then some cookies. This time I did make hummus, but maybe I would prepare some sort of cheese dip or 
yeah, appetizer of some sort. That's one of my favorite parts about inviting company over is to be able to cook for them. Even if it's not big things, if it's just small things, that still brings me a lot of joy. How about you? You like cooking for your guests? I like cooking. I think I'm like okay at cooking. Not amazing, but not terrible. But yeah, I just think of like maybe last year, my wife's parents and wife and my brother-in-law and his family came over. And my wife is like, oh, Andrew, you should make your banana bread for my family. They'll love it. You're such a good baker and good at making banana bread. So she really stroked my ego. And to stroke somebody's ego means to make them feel good about themselves, right? So my confidence was at an all-time high. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So I made banana bread to serve to my wife's family. And they all ate it, but they weren't like in love with it. You know, it's like one of those situations where they all take like a little piece and there's still, I don't know, two thirds of the banana bread left over at the end of the dinner, you know, because we had it for dessert. So I was kind of like, ah, yeah, they don't love it. <laughs> they said it was delicious, but if it was really delicious, I think it would have all been gone. So yeah, I don't know. That kind of thing stresses me out, to be honest, Cassie. I would rather just order some food, I think, to serve to my guests or go with a store-bought snack then I don't have to feel stressed out about, you know, satisfying everybody's particular tastes and making sure that my cooking is top notch. Yeah, that's true. And especially if you have to deal with, you know, allergies or preferences from people that you're not super close with, then, you know, getting a generic or variety of things is probably a better option. Mm -hmm. Cassie, have you ever had a bad experience with company? Like somebody that stayed at your house and broke something or maybe overstayed their welcome. <laughs> we should explain that expression to overstay your welcome. What does that mean to overstay your welcome? To overstay your welcome means that you stay way longer than your host wants you to be there. For example, Maybe your host was thinking that everybody would leave by 9 p.m., but you're still there hanging out on the couch at 10.30 or 11, and everybody wants you to go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know, Cassie, have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever had a guest overstay their welcome? You know... I'm a little bit of a homebody and I don't invite people over very often, but I can say growing up, my parents hosting parties or other family members, it wasn't necessarily people overstaying their welcome, but sometimes I just, I wasn't close to the people that were invited and it was awkward. Like you have to make small talk with people that you don't really want to make small talk with. I think that's the, the hardest part about inviting company over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is difficult. I remember when I lived in Canada, when I was a university student, I lived in Victoria and I also lived in Montreal and I would have just friends that would like come out and, you know, when you're a university student, you have no money, right? So often my friends would come to visit me or maybe come to visit my circle of friends, not just necessarily me, but they'd be in the city and because they're broke and had no money they'd just be like couch surfing they'd go from one friend's house to the next friend's house and yeah sometimes you know it would be awesome you'd have a friend come in for the weekend and they'd stay with you for a night and then they'd move to somebody else's house 
But then sometimes you'd have these friends who would like roll into town and then stay for the summer or something. And they'd end up staying at your house, not like for the whole time, like they'd go from friend to friend to friend, but they'd be like, oh, can I chill with you for a bit? And in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, you can stay at my house. Like, you're my buddy, of course. And you're thinking maybe one night or two night. And then four nights later, you're like, okay, you know, when are you going to go home? Where? Yeah, you know, I'm kind of busy. I got some things to do. So I've definitely experienced friends who have overstayed their welcome, not like in a malicious way, not in a rude way per se, maybe just a different alignment of values. But this was when I was in my 20s and yeah, things were a lot more flexible (laughs) back then. All right, Andrew, we've talked a little bit about my fiasco from a few weeks ago. How about for your upcoming visit. Who's your company and how are you preparing for their visit? Yeah, so I have just one guest, my friend Jimmy, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. He's the friend that I ran a marathon with back last year in the fall. And so Jimmy is coming to my house on the weekend and he's staying, I don't know, Friday night or Saturday night. Can't remember. Gonna have to check the calendar. (laughs) So I'm prepared. But he's coming sometime soon and he's just going to crash at my house. Originally, he was going to stay at a hotel. By the way, we're meeting up just so we can hang out and we're going to do some running together. We're kind of running buddies, so that's our plan. But he lives out of town, so he's coming to town. We're going to meet up. We're going to go running. And he was going to stay at a hotel. I was like, save your money, man. You don't have to stay at a hotel. But he was like, no, I'm going to do that. It's more comfortable for you guys. I don't want to impose And to impose means to burden your host, right? You make your host feel uncomfortable, like they have to take care of you. They have to clean for you. They have to give you a place to sleep. He said, I don't want to impose. I'm just going to stay at a hotel. I said, okay, well, if you feel that way, that's fine. I don't care what you do. But just so you know, the offer is open. And if you'd rather just stay at my house, then that's totally cool. And in fact, I've stayed at Jimmy's house a few times when I've visited where he lives. So of course, I want to repay that favor, right? Like he let me stay at his house. Of course, he's welcome to stay at my house as well. However, I live in a very tiny house and we only have one bedroom and we have no guest bedroom or no really good place to sleep other than the living room floor. So I did have to say, you know, of course, you're welcome to stay here. And I do have a little blow up air mattress that you can sleep on. But if you are one of those sensitive sleepers who doesn't do well on a hard surface like the floor, then I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend the hotel. And one of our other mutual friends has slept on my blow up air mattress before. And he said it was the worst sleep of his life. So I also gave Jimmy that warning. However, I sleep really well on the floor and really, really well on that little blow up air mattress. So I said, you know, your mileage may vary. And when we type that out on the internet, because we were just chatting back and forth, or when you're texting with somebody, you would write YMMV, your mileage may vary. That's a slang expression that just means everybody's experience is different. So I had a great sleep on that mattress. My other friend had a terrible sleep. Jimmy, I don't know, but I'm giving you this warning. You know, I don't want you to feel too tired the next day when we do our run. So he said, you know what? I thought about it. I looked, I think actually he looked at the prices of hotels and he's like, yeah, it's expensive. I'll just stay with Andrew. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, so he's taking the risk. Let's see. You'll have to tell us. Did he appreciate the air mattress or was he in the terrible sleep camp? Yeah, I'm hoping he'll sleep all right. I think it's pretty common in Korea to sleep on the floor. Uh, I know a lot of people do sleep on the floor and I've stayed at different guest houses and hotels before actually where you do sleep on the floor and personally i love it i like sleeping on a hard surface so it's okay for me but yeah everybody's different so crossing my fingers that jimmy has a pretty comfortable sleep but yeah in terms of what i'm doing to prepare for him not too much <laughs> it really depends on who your company is i think for how much you prepare right because he's like my guy friend he's my buddy and i don't really worry about how clean my house is in that kind of situation you know i don't care about serving him homemade food we can just go to a restaurant of course i don't want my place to look bad but yeah i'm not going to go over the top to make it feel clean because i know he'll be comfortable either way different than like if my in-laws were visiting then i'd be like scrubbing the floors and making sure everything looks spick and span you know exactly it seems like the less close someone is the more work you have to put into making your house look respectable and clean yeah yeah absolutely when it's just like a close buddy then it doesn't really matter and i was talking about our other mutual friend there a moment ago the guy who had a really poor sleep on the mattress on the floor. He actually visited me several months ago, maybe 3 or 4 months ago now, back last year in the fall, I think it was, or the the late summer, and he was not staying with me, but he was staying in a different part of the city, but we were supposed to meet up at about, I don't know, dinner time, meet up for dinner, and I was going to show him the house. He was going to come over to my house and since it's a new house and he's really interested in it, I wanted to give him a house tour and then we were going to go out for dinner. And that day I was really super busy. I had a lot of work and a lot of things to do all day. And in fact, Cassie, I think that day you and I were recording, in fact. And so I was really busy and my plan was I'm going to finish recording with Cassie and then I'll have like an hour to clean up my house and make it look, you know, respectable and nice before my friend comes over to meet me around six o'clock or something. So that was the plan. But earlier in the afternoon at like 3 p.m., about three hours before we were supposed to meet, I got shocked because my doorbell rang and I went to go see who it was and it was him. And he was just like waiting at my door. And I was like, hey, you're way, way early. What's going on? And so he's like, I'm here. And I guess he was texting me and calling me. But Cassie, because we were recording, I had turned my phone on do not disturb. So I didn't see any of his calls or any of his texts. So he just decided to pop by the house. And so I said, okay, you're going to see the absolute real me and the real house. Like this is no prep at all. This is what you get if you just come and randomly drop in on me any day of the week. So yeah, I don't know. I wasn't like embarrassed or anything because again, he's a close buddy, but he was like, yeah, you didn't like do any special cleaning or anything for me. It's obvious. <laughs> you know, there's still a few dishes in the sink and that kind of thing. It's not like a pigsty, but wasn't totally spick and span. Yeah, it was enough for him to make a like a little teasing comment to you like, wow, you really cleaned this place up for me, huh, Andrew? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, but that was his bad because I was like, it's very rude to drop in early like this. Very, very rude. 
Okay, Cassie. Well, I think this is a nice place to pause our conversation, and that will bring us to the end of the episode for all of our regular listeners who are listening to us on the podcast feed. Of course, we want to thank everyone for tuning in and studying with us today, and we hope that you found this lesson useful for improving your English skills. We were able to create this lesson for you because of our awesome member community, and without our members, Culebs wouldn't exist. So, just to say thank you to our members for their support, Cassie and I are going to unpause the conversation and keep it going for a little while longer in the ad-free version of this episode. And as a Culebs member, you can easily access the ad-free version of the episode by logging into your Culebs account. And going to the dashboard. So, if you're a member listening to this version right now, guys, you have extra content for you as a member that you can get on the website. And if you're not already a member, consider joining to gain access to our helpful study guides and transcripts, fun bonuses, and to support the work we do at Qlips. You can also support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube. Telling your friends who are learning English to check Culebs out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, and we'll catch you all then. Goodbye. See ya.